Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Amen. If you wouldn't mind standing for the reading of God's word, amen. And I'm going to read it right off the screen. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, they come to the tomb when the sun was risen. And they were saying among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the tomb? And looking up, they see that the stone is rolled back for it was exceeding great. And entering into the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, arrayed in a white robe, and they were amazed. And he saith unto them, be not amazed. Ye seek Jesus the Nazarene, who hath been crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. And they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment had come upon them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now, when he was risen early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, disbelieved. And after these things, he was manifested in another form unto two of them as they walked on their way into the country. And they went away and told it unto the rest, neither believed they them. And afterward, he was manifested unto the eleven themselves as they sat at meat. And he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they disbelieved. They believed not them that had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, go ye into the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that dis disbelieveth shall be condemned. And these things shall accompany them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out demons? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall in no wise hurt, no wise hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken unto them, was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word by the signs that followed. Amen. 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 May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. Uh, before we get started, I just want to pray really quick. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Lord, for another Sunday, Lord God. The first Sunday of the new year, you are good. You are so good. And Lord God, we come here expecting great things from a great God. Lord God, we've come for you and you alone. So Lord God, we welcome you into this house. You're already here. We felt you from the very beginning, Father God. So we welcome you to speak to our hearts. Have your way. Let your word, Lord God, sink down deep in our hearts and speak what you have for us today. Hide me behind your cross. Don't let me be seen. But you receive all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Happy New Year. Next step. Woo! We made it. Hey. <laughs> and I'm really blessed, y'all. Thank you so much for having me back again. Right be I was the last Sunday before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right before Christmas and now here, right after New Year's. I am blessed. So thank you so much for having me here, y'all. I want to um, say... Um, Thank you to the leadership, you know, Pastor Edwin, Pastor Chris. Thank you so much for your, for your yes, your availability and your heart for the people and the community. God bless you. And what a gem of a community you have here. I've said it before. From the moment I walk in through the door, I could feel the love. It's just like tangible. It's so heavy. So thank you so much. Um, I'm really glad to be here, y'all. It is such a pleasure. As I've shared last time I was here, y'all, I'm right from this neighborhood. Um, although I grew up in the, east, in the Lower East Side on the same block as the church that I go to, I went to high school up the block from here, from Bishop Lachlan. I grew up with your, with your worship singer. He's been anointed since he was a teenager. That worship right there, God has put that in his spirit, and it's so good to see you worshiping and still serving God, my brother. Amen. You see what God be doing? He called you from you early and he keep, he stayed faithful. He stayed faithful. So it's good to be back home. You know what I'm saying? Grew up right on Flatbush Avenue, up the block. I used to go to Brooklyn Tabernacle back in the day. But this is a new year, y'all. Forget about my past. <laughs> We're here. It's 2024. Amen. And we just stepped out of the season of Advent. Last time I was here, I shared a little bit about the Advent story, right? And I'm just going to give you a quick recap, more or less, right? Hope has come into the world. Joy has come into the world. Peace has come into the world because Jesus came into the world. Amen. He's God. We're not. We trust him at his word because what he says is truth. He's not a man that he should lie. Amen. And we see God is amazing. What he speaks, he does. And in this season of Advent, it brings brand new meaning to great expectancy. Because this whole season is building up to the birth of the Savior of the world. Amen? Amen. And you got to remember, this is for us. This is for us, for you and for me. For you and for me. He did it specifically for us. You got to remember the shepherds. Right, we spoke about the shepherds. They were regular schmegler people. At the end of the day, they were just doing their jobs, getting from day to day. They were trying to pay the bills and put the food on the table. They was going about regular life. When the Lord interrupted their day, interrupted their time to give them a front row seat to a show that any one of us would envy to be in front of. And in that time when we spoke about that, it's just obvious that God desires 
to do life with us. He desires to invite us into the show. He wants to give us a sneak peek, a guest pass to the backstage so we can see and be part of what he's doing all around us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And this is the message that the angel of the Lord shared with the shepherds. He said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy to all the people. He doesn't go to the priests. He doesn't go to the prophets to drop this heavy news. He comes straight down to the regular people like you and me. The everyday people just going about their lives. He invites them. He says, I bring great news for great joy for all people. Amen. Amen. He continues on and says, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. You will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And I think I dropped it last week. I'm telling you, that's so heavy to me. I think that's so dope. The reason why I love it so much is because the same God, the same Jesus, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world, the same one that we're about to celebrate, eating some bread and drinking some, some, some wine, communion, yeah? yeah? He'll be lying in the same place that those sheep that you use for the sacrifice of sin eat. God be dropping mics in his word, yo. These are bars. Y'all may not find it. I think it's hot, though. I think it's dope. I'll get like that for the word of God. Amen? Amen. So it's the Lamb of God. And then a little bit later on, I think I spoke about this last time I was here. We talked about Simeon. Right? And Simeon was once again, he, he, he was witnessing God's promise fulfilled in his life. He had waited for years, for years, and the Spirit led him to the temple. And as he walked in, and he's sitting there, sitting in the Spirit, here comes Mary Joseph bringing in the baby. And finally, finally, this is what, this is what Simeon says when he sees. It says, we saw Jesus presented it to me. And this is what Simeon says. He says here, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He continues on after he says this, like, yo, finally I can die. I've been sitting here waiting for the salvation of Israel all these years, but finally mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. I've seen Jesus walk in here. I know God's going to do what he said he would do. But he doesn't stop there. He continues on. And he, he gives another prophecy. He's like, he's seeing one prophecy fulfilled, so he's giving another one to mommy, right? And this is what he says. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Mom, a sword will pierce your own soul too. And as we just heard from the scripture I just read, right? That sword is going straight through Mama Mary's heart. Her baby has been crucified. And as we pick up now, you know, as you can see, He's been buried. 
He's in the tomb. Let me recap some things here. Between this old man holding a baby in the temple and these three women on their way to a tomb to anoint a body, a few things have happened in the life of Jesus, okay? He's been baptized. That same little baby sitting inside of Elizabeth's womb, when Mary walked in, that jumped up like, yeah, that's my cousin. That same baby grew up and baptized his cousin, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Prophecy fulfilled. After that, Jesus gets up. He walks out into the wilderness, and he's tempted for 40 days. Meanwhile, he's like, nah, I'm going to fast. I'm getting my strength up right now. Tempted by Satan, said, nah, came out victorious. Immediately out of the desert, he starts forming his squad. He gets his people. He's like, yo, we got some work to do. I got to get the right folk involved. So he goes around. He starts looking for his men. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when my man's in them. <laughs> so he looks for people like Simon, Peter, Andrew, James. And he say, hey, listen, why don't you stop that fishing business? And let me teach you how to become fishes of men instead. You know what I'm saying? Let me show you how to do something a little bit different. You're seeing how to feed some stomachs here, but I'm going to show you how to feed the soul with this word right here. Amen. And Jesus goes out with his team and he starts flexing. I'm not saying like, like showing off or nothing, but no. He goes out, he starts doing miracles. He's showing his authority over sickness, over death, over demons. They got to flee when he walks into a situation. This is Jesus turning everything upside down. He goes out, grabs his team and says, come on, y'all want to come? Y'all want to see something? Come rock with me. And he shows them. Ultimately, at the end of the day, y'all know the story. He's betrayed. He's, put, he's brought to court. And he's sentenced to death by crucifixion. And this is tough for me, y'all. This is tough. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. And it's not like, you know, some word. I know you, you love him too. Who loves Jesus here? <laughs> That's an easy question to ask on a Sunday morning, right? With that. <laughs> You're definitely going to get a chair. I love Jesus. And sometimes it's still hard for me to watch movies like Passion of the Christ. To see this man who loved me so much that he took my sins on him. And not only, it's not like he just took it and said, all right, and I don't have to watch. You know, he got beaten to a bloody pulp, unrecognizable, dripping, leaking from me. That's hard to see. He loves me that much. All right, let me get back to the point. Jesus, I will get, I will get lost in talking about this. But here we are. Let's fast forward. Let's get back to the scripture that we're talking about. Here we are. It's early on Sunday morning. And here goes these three women. And they're walking to the tomb. And they're trying to figure it out. Who's going to roll away this stone? These are three women who love the Lord. They followed him, right? 
They saw his ministry. Their lives have been changed by what they've heard, what they've seen, what they've experienced because of the friendship and the relationship that they formed with this man. They don't know how they're going to move it. They just know we got to go. And so they're moving out and they're saying, any way you cut it, we got to move this thing. Now, let me give you some reference. This stone is said to be anywhere between four and six feet tall, right? About an inch thick, and it weighed anywhere between one and two tons. So that's just to give you some, some, some idea of the task, the trial ahead of them. But as they walk up, they see that the stone is already rolled away. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? Literally. <laughs> and as they come up, they... The, what is going on? His body's supposed to be here. And it's not there. And I start asking why, why? Why are they going to anoint his body on a Sunday morning? Why are they going there? Why didn't they do it before? Because he was crucified right before, right before the Sabbath. I live in a Jewish neighborhood. I could tell you right now, like, yo, before sundown happens, the streets is dead. Forget about getting your sour power from the corner store. It is not open. I'm telling you now. <laughs> you got to go. You got to go to another neighborhood. So they knew that they couldn't do anything to dress Jesus's body before he was put into the tomb. So the first thing, the first moment that they had the opportunity, they ran out there. And what do they find? Jesus is not in the tomb. And here's an angel sitting by the tomb and says, who are you looking for? <laughs> you looking for Jesus? The Messiah? He ain't here. He told you he was going to raise. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, you know what? Don't be afraid. Just go tell Peter and all. Go tell Peter and all. That he... <laughs> and the Bible says here that at this point, <laughs> They ran afraid. The Bible says they were, were bewildered. And I had to stop. I had to look. I had to look up that word, you know. And, and my sister shared a, a testimony this morning. I feel like that is the best way to describe bewildered. You ever been caught in a situation, witnessed something, or, or, or seen something that, that just totally takes you out of that moment? And you're like, what is going on? Is there ever a moment that a memory of a traumatic experience hits you and you don't know, but you're stuck. You've stopped moving, you stopped talking because you're immediately brought back to that moment. But you're here right now, bewildered. They were there, but they weren't there. They were like in shock and in awe. And they dipped, they ran. They ran out as fast as they could. Now, the version that we read here, it did not say this, but depending on what Bible you're reading, it will tell you straight up that the verses from 9 to 20, that's not in some of the earliest manuscripts or some of the earliest witnesses of this scripture, of this event. And I struggle with it, whether or not I would come and share it with you. I wondered whether or not it was the right thing to do. But the more that I looked into it, the more I studied, the more I dived into the background and, and what's happening in the other accounts, I came to this conclusion. One, 
It's in the Bible. <laughs> right? And everything that's in the Bible <laughs> is there. Yes, ma'am. It's there for our correction. It's up for our training. Right? And it's there for us. And two, there's nothing that was said there that was false. So it says here that Mary Magdalene, <laughs> the same one who Jesus had cast seven demons out of, was the first one to see him. This woman had an experience with Jesus, a life-changing experience. So she knew the power of God. Her friends knew it too. They knew that she was possessed before. They knew the woman before Jesus. And they knew the woman after Jesus. And early in the morning, she goes out to meet the Lord. And that's when he meets us. That's when he meets her. Sometimes it's like that, yo, you got to wake up early in the morning to see the Lord. Amen? Amen. Sometimes you got to wake up early when nobody else is up. That's when you have that encounter with him. Amen? But check this out. What stands out to me is that they knew that she had an experience. And when she saw, she ran back and told her people and they did not believe. Then a little bit later on, right, a little bit later on, it's two, two, two dudes walking on their way to Emmaus, I believe how you say it, Emmaus. Anyway, they're on their way on the road. It's about a seven-mile walk. And as they're walking, they're talking, and out of nowhere, Jesus pops up. Now, this is after, <laughs> after Mary. This is him risen. But the Bible says here that God made it so that these folk did not know who was walking with them. That's not too far-fetched. The Bible says, be careful. You never know when you're entertaining angels. Who says Jesus can't pop up in a conversation? Amen. And I love it. As he's walking with them, he's asking, hey. <laughs> Yo, Jesus is so cool. He said, hey, what you guys talking about? And that's literally how I took it. It was just like, hey, what you guys talking about? And they're like, are you the only person in Israel? Exactly. Are you the only person here who don't know what's going on? And the Bible says that their face was washed with grief. Yeah, are you the only person here who don't know? Jesus, the Nazarene, the Messiah, he's been killed. We believe that he was our savior, he, my Messiah. He was our answer. Our religious leaders killed him, y'all. And this is Jesus just walking with them. I can only imagine Jesus laughing to himself. <laughs> hey, if you only do. <laughs> And Jesus walking with them. And I love the way Jesus walks with them and talks with them. Because sometimes it's like that with our walk, y'all. Sometimes we talk ourselves out of what God said. Sometimes the situation is so much bigger. We magnify the situation bigger than our God. Instead of looking, the, looking at the great God that we serve and says, no, you are enough. What you say is enough. And Jesus is just poking them. Didn't, didn't the word of God say that he must be handed over to evil men and die? And he would come back? And 
Just the conversation, just the conversation, just the time, just being invited into the conversation. These men lost track of time. They walked all the way to their location and they got there and he was like, all right, bye. And they're like, no, 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 no. Come, come, come hang with us. We had a great time. Come chill with us. Let's sit down and talk and let's get something to eat. And it wasn't until they were at that table and he's blessing and breaking the bread, A, that their eyes were open. This is the bread of life in front of us. He's been walking and talking with us this entire time and poof, Jesus out. I love it. He playing games with them out here, yo. I love it. <laughs> and then like, finally, I'm just going to bring this to a close because I know we've been here and I've got to be honest. I could have came up here and just prayed and ended the entire service. Because when I tell you between worship and what Pastor Chris shared, hey, and the testimonies, my God, God has been glorified in this house. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. But yo, as I wrap it up, <laughs> I'm going to go to this verse here, and it says here, and finally, Jesus pops up in the midst of the 11 disciples, you know, and they're sitting there, and he pops up, and, and, and the version that I read, the, the version that I read from Mark, Mark is kind of quick with it, man. I feel like Mark kind of shuts this down kind of quick. Mark wants to get down to business. He hits you with like, yo, all right, yo, you get rebuked. Get out there. Go do the work. Go tell them about Jesus. That's all Mark is looking for. And Mark says that he sits at the table, he rebukes them for not seeing the signs. He's like, yo, I keep hitting you up. You're not returning my calls. I sent people with my messages. You ain't hit me back. What's up? You don't believe? You don't want to see me no more? Stop playing, y'all. Go out there and tell everybody about my message. That's what it felt like Mark was saying, you know? But he comes with some, some, some heavy promises there, y'all. He comes with some heavy promises. He says, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all the prophets that wrote in the scripture. Wasn't it clearly predicted that I had to die and suffer to come back? Then he says here, he says, and now I will send my Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city till the Holy Spirit comes and gives you power from on heaven. He invites us to walk with him. He invites them to walk with them. He said, stay here until my presence comes and then go out and meet them. Right? The entire time from the time we was walking through the Advent season, time and time again, all Jesus has been asking is for us to just walk with him. We can look back at Mary just getting the word. A scared teenage girl. Just know that she want to be right with the Lord. Sorry. Just know she want to be right with the Lord. But how? I'm, I'm, just a, I'm just a virgin. All I need is your yes. We got Zechariah in the temple. After doing a three-week shift, 
He just wants to be in the presence of God. He gets a word. Your wife will have a, I just want you to walk with me. Just believe me and walk with me. You think those shepherds had plans on being written in the annals of history? They had no clue when they was just going to go do their regular nine to five that we will be talking about them 2,000 plus years later. The wild thing here is that God invites us, his children, to do life with him. He invites us into the backstage to see how it's all done. And he says, I want you here. Throughout the beginning of this service, this is what was echoing in my heart. Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call. And is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me. It's amazing. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. God calls you friend. He calls you friend. Family, I'm not up here because I've done anything to earn to stand up here before you. I've failed more times than I can count. I can sit here and say, I've seen that young man grow up and he don't know how many times I've failed because God is such a coverer. And even in our hardest of times, when we think that we don't deserve his love, when we don't feel like we deserve his hands on us, he has a plan. Plans to prosper you and give you a hope in the future. When I was a teenager, addicted to pornography, when I was a teenager, having a difficult time staying celibate, Playing games and thinking I'm in a game. Playing games and, and hanging out with people and thinking it's cool to steal this and rob this person. And still walking up in the church on a Sunday. Did I deserve God's hand on me? No way. Time and time again, he cleaned me up and he said, I choose you. Family, there is absolutely nothing that can separate you from the love of God. There is absolutely nothing that will change his mind about you. He loves you, brother. If he had to do it all over again and down on that cross for one person and that one person was you, he'd do it for you, bro. And he invites us to be part of this journey with him. So family, check this out. As we, I'm going to invite the band up. As we get ready to wrap up. No, we done. We done with 2023. We getting ready to start this year right here. Yeah? We getting ready to start this year right here. And if anything that we can take from last year and let it be the scaffolding 
the structure, the foundation of this year is to say yes. It's to say yes. Even when we don't understand what he's doing, it's just to say yes and step out in faith. Because time and time again, we've seen that, yo, his ways are above ours. His thoughts are above ours. And the best thing that you can imagine for yourself, trust me, it's small change. For no eye has seen and no ear has heard what the Lord has in store for those that love him. Family, I want you to step out of the situation around you. Don't let what is around you dictate what you believe that God can do. Just like these folk, they magnified their situation bigger than their God. Hey, your God is big enough to handle your situation. And all that he asks is that you will walk with him. You are precious. You are chosen. You are his friend. So I want to challenge you this week, ministers, friends of God. You have a gift in your heart that God wants to use. You have a friend that will stick closer than a brother. I want to challenge you this week. Hey, listen, every time, every time that sense of doubt comes in, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not loved. He couldn't use me to share the gospel with that brother. I don't have the right words to share the, his love with that sister. I challenge you to step out on faith. All them scary feelings, those are going to come. You don't think Mary was afraid? You don't think them shepherds were shook? But yo, the joy that the Lord has stored up for you if you would just say yes.